We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. My name is Brian Driscoll. It is Tuesday, July 20th, and we're throwing a little curveball at you today. We had told you yesterday that Vince and I were going to be talking to you about the uh, sophomores on defense that are going to have a chance to be an impact for Notre Dame this year, and we're going to change that up a little bit. We're going to do that tomorrow. Today, I have a couple special things for you. To begin, we're going to have John Garcia from SI All-American is going to join the podcast to talk about Notre Dame's secondary class, which right now is looking really good and has a chance to get better. And then after that, I recorded an interview this morning with Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. So I'm going to play that interview during the show today. And then, of course, we're going to have a Q&A. But to begin, I've got my man, John Garcia, the uh, director of recruiting at SI All-American out today. And, John, I know you are incredibly busy. You uh, SI All-American is releasing its watch lists for various positions. You've got quarterback out. We've seen uh, cornerback out, receiver, slot receiver, nickel corners. I know you're busy, but I appreciate you taking the time uh, to join us today and talk a little bit of uh, Notre Dame defensive back recruiting. Well, luckily for me, Brian, a lot of this overlaps, right? So mm-hmm. if we're talking about some of the top defensive prospects, particularly in the secondary, there is some Notre Dame overlap. So thankfully, they're recruiting at a high level, so I had a little bit less prep coming into the show. So I appreciate Brian Kelly and the boys for, yes. for getting it done. Yes, uh, and I also know that, you know, obviously I, I joke that, you know, quarterback and receiver is kind of my baby. You know, it's positions I played and coached. You were a defensive back uh, in your playing days, and so obviously this is kind of your baby. So I figured this is right up your wheelhouse. You know, John, when you look at Notre Dame over the years, I think one area where they have been – lacking in most seasons there's been the except some exceptions 2018 when you had that really great secondary with Colt with uh Julian Love and Troy Pride and Alohi Gilman and Jalen Elliott who are all now in the NFL secondary most years has been sort of a a a drag down for Notre Dame relative to the top teams around the country even last year they had some really good players like Kyle Hamilton but overall it just wasn't a strong secondary Last two years, Notre Dame is changing that. And you look at this year's cornerback class, especially, John, a lot of depth, a lot of length, a lot of playmaking ability. Last week, Notre Dame got a commitment uh, last Thursday 
from Phoenix, Arizona cornerback Benjamin Morrison, a guy that I'm incredibly high on. And, John, you guys released your cornerback rankings. You had him ranked higher than anyone else had him ranked higher. When you dove into the film, what were the things you saw from Benjamin Morrison that that made you guys you know, like And in on our personal conversations? You said a guy that you could also see taking another jump after more film comes out as a senior. Yeah, Brian, you know, Benjamin is a football player. He's a, he is a line them up, let him play football kind of guy where to me, it's a compliment. It means you can play multiple positions with success. Uh, but if you, you focus on just the cornerback tape, there's so much to like uh, with Morrison. First of all, very much willing to support the run and play physically. And I think as we spread the football out in, in college football and we talk about the pass first nature of the business, we, we tend to forget about how important it is to be physical, not only in run support and to combat these bubble screens in the quick game, but simply to reroute. You know, uh, you know very well as, as a guy, an offensive guy who coached the position, timing right now is more important than it's ever been mm -hmm. in an offense, whether it's, you know, snap to quarterback, quarterback to receiver. That timing is 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 really essential in a lot of these offenses we see. And even even in the off script stuff, the RPO game, the, the hot read stuff, it's still very much about timing. So if you can disrupt that, you're already sort of on the bright side of, of my book of, of cornerback review. And uh, Benjamin is very comfortable disrupting that. Again, he's he's a football player, very much willing to play physically. The instincts are off the charts with this kid, um, no matter what's going on, uh, you know, run or pass. And then as a pass a defender, just a lot to like about his frame. I think he's got room to grow, but he's, he's got length at 5'11", 6 foot, wherever he's officially listed at this point. Um, and then you see the instincts in coverage. And I think this is where... Uh, this group of corners is very good. Uh, we've talked about this off off camera many times. This cornerback class might be the best position group nationally. Receivers very good as well. So is safe. Just to be clear, I, you're talking about from a national, not the Notre right. Dame group, but from a national standpoint. Right. The, the, the Notre Dame group class. is great too. We'll, mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But just corners in America in this class of 2022 are very strong. You know, we put out – a top 20, we put out Nichols as well. And there were some very good prospects we had to leave off that list. Um, but the reason Morrison was on there as a top 20 corner and really under consideration for Nickel um, before that point uh, is because of his all around gain and his instincts in coverage. I, I think when you talk about getting your head around, finding the football, stacking the receiver, staying in phase, these are all pluses on his tape. We need to see a little bit more of it going into the fall, but obviously that's the case for a lot of prospects. Right. COVID, because of condensed schedules, because of the craziness that, that was the last you know 18 months of, of everybody's life. So um, we're going to see more from Benjamin, but I think his athleticism gives you the benefit of the doubt for some of the gray area stuff we don't know 100% of at this point, whether you're talking uh, top end speed, uh, his, comf his comfort in tech at the line of scrimmage. Those are some areas we just want to see more, more samples of that just to see how polished up he really is. But the athletic traits are there. The foundation is there. The competitiveness and versatility are also there. So those are really high marks at that position. We, we want to see all of those things jump out on tape and with Morrison it does. You know, you mentioned something, John, about 
timing and being able to alter that timing. As an offensive coach, if I'm putting a game plan together and you're going to be playing off man or off zone or even just mirroring as man coverage and you're not disrupting my timing, I'm going to shred you. I mean, that's yep. just if I got players, I'm going to shred you. I'm going to with RPOs, with back shoulders, with I mean, there's as you know, there's so many things, you know, you and I kind of joked about how you were introduced to the back shoulder when you were playing against my team back in the day, I mean, it, it yeah. was now it's like, if you can't do that, you, you can't have a real pass game. I mean, so in 15 years, it's evolved to that point where you can be in coverage, but if you're, th- if you're not throwing off the timing, then, then we're, we're going to eat you up. And that is such an important thing. And it's why Marcus Freeman is bringing an aggressive man coverage, preferably bump and run type of thing. We've seen Ahmad Gardner at Cincinnati thrive with that. And that's the kind of cornerback he's looking for. And just, a little point too. I know Benjamin's listed between five eleven and six foot. Talking to my sources at Notre Dame, he measured in at six one. Okay. On his visit, so he's already seeing that jump, and obviously with the DNA, his dad playing in Arizona, so uh, he's a guy that, as you said, very high ceiling, and, and a guy that I anticipate seeing his ranking jump if we see what I expect to see from him as a as a senior. There's another cornerback on the board that committed. A week before Benjamin did a little bit a week a little bit more than a week before. That's Devin Moore. Now you did not have him ranked among your top twenty cornerbacks because you had him ranked among your ten best nickel corners. And it was one of those things where it's like, well, we we got to put him somewhere. <laughs> so this is the way to get it. But it speaks volumes to the fact that how loaded this class is, John, and why it was smart for Notre Dame, a program that has really had trouble recruiting corner to load up on this position in a year when it is so just loaded nationally. Devin Moore is not too far from where you are down in Naples, Florida. What is it that you saw from Devin Moore on film, John, that I know you're very high on him that made you, made you like Devin as much as you did. Yeah. And a great contrast to, to Benjamin Morrison. And that I think is when you start to talk about building a secondary class, you want to see some diversity even amongst the corners because as we talked about earlier, it's about spread and timing. So three, four, sometimes five corners on the field together. You want a bit of a different look. And boy, uh, does more give you a different look. Legitimately 6'2 plus, listed at 6'3. We're still waiting on the verified there. But you, we know he's at least 6'2. Extremely long prospect. If we were just ranking length, ball skills, and awareness, if we separated the categories with corners, this is a top five corner in the country. The reason we slotted him at nickel Brian, is because of that length. It's so rare to just live on the outside at 6'3". I mean, turn on the NFL tape. I think there's two or three corners in the league total at 6'3". But if you look at the inside guys, the guys who could move around a little bit, you see a little bit more of that. And those physical traits, to be long, to be patient. And what, what I really love about Moore is that he's patient with the football in the air. You know, there's two different ways you could look at patience. Oh, are you patient at the line of scrimmage? Are you patient in allowing the route to develop to where you make your move and decide to undercut, play over the top, et cetera? Or are you patient when the football is in flight? And that is often the times where we see defensive backs, particularly relatively raw ones, I would say, like Devin Moore. He's, he's going to get coached up. The tech is, is going to come later rather than sooner. That's where you see the panic, even with great athletes, even with players with great ball skills. There's a panic when the football's in the air. And that's where you get pass interferences. That's where you get holding. That's where you get... Um, turning too early uh, and losing sight of the receiver, that feel uh, and patience that Moore displays when the ball's in the air 
is one of my favorite traits about his game. There aren't 10 better defensive backs at any position. Now we're including safeties, nickels, and corners who play the football better in the air than Moore does from a legal perspective. Um, a guy very much built for today's game to combat this spread offense, those 50-50 balls. I mean, you're 6'3", and you can play the football. The back shoulder just becomes less of a worry than, mm -hmm. you know, a 5'9", 5'10", corner like, like we used to be in the old days playing on the outside against 6'3 wide receivers. Now you can line up a 6'3 Devin Moore, even against a Justin Ross in the slot, and say, okay, I feel good at least from a height, weight, length, and ball skills perspective of where we sit you know, pre-snap. Uh, and that's just something that we don't say a lot uh, in, in college football. And if you want to build a, a college football playoff secondary, you need DBs that can play inside with length. And, and again, yeah. it goes back to what we talked about with Morrison. That length enables you to reroute a little bit more. It enables you to play a little more physical, run some some sophisticated blitzes if you, if you so feel inclined. Uh, I do think more has room to improve in the physicality area. But again, the traits are there. So uh, that's where you get into the ceiling versus floor conversation. But we, we like the ceiling with Devin Moore as opposed to maybe the floor just a little bit more with Benjamin Morrison. But you could see why Notre Dame was absolutely all in on each of these guys. Devin Moore, just a, a ball skills expert. And, and that's just hard to find at 6'3 anywhere in the country, much less Florida, where, where you can actually land the kids. So that was a huge win. You've mentioned that twice now, ball skills. We're going to talk about it again when we get to Another, uh, their first cornerback commit, and that's a, that's not that's not an accident. That is something that the Notre Dame coaching staff covets. And to your point, John, it, not every guy that's a great cover guy necessarily plays the ball well, and, and that is something that Notre Dame has coveted. I'm going to throw an analysis or an evaluation uh, opinion that I have. You're allowed to agree or disagree with it. Let's do it. I if I'm ranking just a top hundred, the SI ninety nine. Right. If I was to include Benjamin Morrison and Devin Moore, and this is independent of their specific position, I would probably rank Devin Moore higher than Benjamin Morrison. If I'm evaluating them and ranking them just as corners, pure corners, I'm ranking Benjamin Morrison ahead of Devin Moore. The reason is, is as a pure corner, I view Benjamin as a slightly better player, not just the floor, but also I think the ceiling. The thing that makes Devin unique, in my opinion, is I have graded him out as a starting, multi-year starting caliber player at all five secondary positions in the Notre Dame defense. That is not a common thing. Now, again, I want to see a little bit more uh, strength at the point of attack in the run game, but in the in the modern offense, when you're playing USC, who averaged 100 and under 100 yards rushing last year, I don't care if my free safety can stop the run or not. He's got to be able to cover. That is something that I think makes him really unique. So thoughts on that specific to Devin, but then also the, sort of that comparison between those two guys? Yeah, Brian, that goes right into why we ranked him as a nickel. Uh, we think he's got that ability to step into multiple positions with that great frame. And like you said, yes, is physicality his strength? Not today, but we do think he can get to that point. But it is not as important as it used to be in terms of actually combating the run. Uh, again, rerouting, uh, just dropping in your zone and, and playing some traffic cop there, I think is just as important as run support in general, maybe more important in this day and age. So I think I agree 100% in that he can play more spots than maybe anybody Notre Dame has committed in the secondary today. Uh, that could change, you know, depending sure. on, on how, how the Irish finishes up in the secondary. But I agree with you in that Part of the reason why we have more as a nickel is because of that versatility. He offers more of it 
than Morrison at this time. But from a pure corner and for me, floor perspective, Morrison is the safer bet um, in terms of playing the island, playing in the field uh, and, and doing all of the classic cornerback uh, duties. I do think Morrison is, is the safer pick you know, short term, but but long term, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going Devin Moore because we expect him to solidify some of those unknowns in the next two or three years uh, to where he is going to be a major factor. Again, probably at more than one position for the Irish. So, right. so that's why I'm absolutely sky high on the kid. And, and as we get more info, I would suspect he's going to check a little bit more of those boxes that we're looking for uh, as a senior. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We've talked about Benjamin Morrison. We've talked about Devin Moore. Notre Dame's first commitment was Jaden Mickey. There's a player in this class you look at and say they signed four corners last year. They've got four corners committed this year. How are you going to make it all work? Well, somebody's got to have the ability to play multiple positions. That's Jaden Bellamy. As a sophomore at New Jersey, he played corner. As a junior, he goes to Bergen Catholic. He moves to safety. He can play nickel. You talk about a guy that can come downhill and strike. This is a kid that can come downhill and strike. Notre Dame's going to start him off a corner, but the whole – attractiveness to him from the staff, knowing they were in a good position with Devin Moore, knowing they had a shot with Benjamin Morrison, but to still take Jaden Bellamy was that versatility and the fact that he brings a little bit more of a physical presence to the position than, than, than maybe they've had in recent seasons. And you're not sacrificing length here either. I mean, six foot, probably six one at this point from Bellamy, you mentioned he's, he's at Bergen Catholic. So no question of, the level of competition that he's facing, which, you know, sometimes is a factor in these evaluations. Uh, but, but yeah, right off the bat on his tape, he's coming downhill making plays in the backfield. And that's just not, it kind of caught me by surprise because you're like, I thought I was watching a corner. Like, why is mm -hmm. this the first thing we see? But then you keep watching like, oh, okay, this is, this is very much a part of, of who this kid is. But what I love about Bellamy is that it, it doesn't lessen his ability to play in coverage. I mean, his ability to, lower his center of gravity and fire downhill um, on an out route or a dig, something like that. I mean, it's really strong. I mean, this kid is comfortable, but you know, we don't talk about body control enough with defensive backs. We talk about it with receivers and running backs, contact balance, all the fun buzzwords. This kid's got body control as a DB playing the run and the pass. Um, so you just like that. Uh, I talked about Morrison as, as a football player who's disguised as a corner. I think Bellamy's a football player who's disguised as a football player. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you can line that kid up anywhere today. 
Uh, you could even throw 30 pounds on him and tell him to, to play off ball linebacker if you need to down the line. I don't think it'll get to that point. But, but as you mentioned, your safeties need to be able to cover and support the run. And, and that's exactly uh, what this kid does to a T. But, but what I really love is, is that trigger, that, you know, firing your gun, holding your water, all of the old coaching phrases you, you want to talk about. When, when he recognizes what's happening, the translation to his body and that body control and how quickly he changes speeds or angles or trajectories is really interesting to see on tape uh, at that size. Again, six foot, six one. He'll probably be in the 200 pound range once he gets to Notre Dame. So I think positionally, the possibilities really open up for him pretty much right off the bat when he, when he gets to, to South Bend. So really curious to see his development from a physical perspective. But when you're talking physicality, instincts, uh, he's one of the best. And he can run. I mean, that's the thing I like about him is you talk about a guy with just open speed. And here, here's an interesting kind of development is early on, Notre Dame was considered the leader for his high school teammate, Jaden Gould, who I believe you guys had ranked as one of the three best nickel corners, correct, in the class. Oh, yeah. Notre Dame dropped Jaden Gould and stayed on Jaden Bellamy, which I mean tells you something about what they thought of Jaden Bellamy. Well, we could we could say that they were incorrect. We can look back in time and evaluate whether that was the right decision or not. But they were pretty confident that we like that guy more than this other guy, and I think the ability to just flat out run was a big part of that. And, and so that's something that they wanted and needed. The first cornerback to commit to Notre Dame to me is a very underrated player and a guy that I like a lot, and that is Jaden Mickey and. We didn't see it. You look at him, and we didn't see a ton of him as a junior, which I think leads to the difficulty in really jumping him up the rankings because they played what, like three, four games this year. Yeah, really tough. But but a guy that plays very good competition, and I saw a big jump in size and strength. He was always a hitter, John, but now he has a little bit more behind him. I think he's a guy that's going to come out as a senior. You know, he's going to play top competition, and I really think he's going to be a guy that that makes some noise as a senior. What do you see on film from, from Jaden? Obviously, you have to dive into the sophomore film and the junior film, which for him is is quite different because of just that that jump in size. But what did you see from Jaden on film as a junior uh, that you like, that you're concerned about, whatever the case may be? Yeah, limited sample, as you mentioned. But you can still get a sense of of the jump a player makes from, from 2019 to 2020. Uh, and now we're obviously waiting on that senior tape to, to get going. Um, but I think with Jaden – you mentioned it, you know, very willing to throw his body around, which is great. You, you you want that. But now a little more mass to back it up. But I thought he had some nice conventional cornerback traits as well. We've talked a lot about versatility, but I still think there's a, something to be said for that boundary type corner uh, who can really get nasty with a receiver um, or, or even a back that splits out, something like that, and, and hold his own. I think he's really strong from a lateral perspective, which, again, we're talking quick game, RPO, timing. You know, Notre Dame's going to blitz you, right? So we're talking about jumping routes, things like that. You know, that lateral strength is really important. And you see it a lot when he's chasing and tackling runners and, and receivers who, after the catch. But I think in coverage, it does translate to a guy who can jump some routes and really cut you off in in a short area, probably quicker than fast. I, I, I don't know offhand how fast he is, but he appears a bit quicker than fast on tape. But again, when you coach him up and you have the technique and that aggressiveness on top of it, you can survive as a corner who's quicker than fast, uh, especially with all these other versatile DBs that Notre Dame's going to roll out to complement him and his game. And I do think where he maybe is, is 
him and Bellamy are maybe the best suited right now in that class to play underneath zone coverage. Again, not as sexy as talking, hey, everybody man up or we're going to blitz the heck out of you. It's not as sexy as that, but obviously, you know, you get into some third and medium stuff like that. You're going to sit back and run some zone blitzes and some zone concepts. And I do think that Jaden is a little more suited with that lateral ability to play some underneath zones, throw in the physicality. Now he's a rerouter, stuff like that. I do think he has a lot more upside um, in some zone coverage concepts than man at this time. But again, we're waiting to see more reps from him on tape. And man coverage is probably where he would need to focus the most, at least from what I see at this point. I think he's a guy, too, that I really like in that slot as a slot corner because you talk about the physicality. You, if you have a safety, either whether you're in four or you know two man or, or one, it's going to have a safety closer to over top of them to protect them a little bit. But I just I'd say let, let him go beat guys up because you mentioned he his long speed would be my question, right? That'd be my question. But the quickness, the ability to to flip the hips, those things are all there. That's something you have to have in a slot because you have to be able to drive on those quick routes. You know, teams are trying to slant you and bubble you and and do this quick speed out. You got to have that ability to quickly plant and drive. And whether he's a four six or a four four, whatever it is, he's that in a step. And I think that's so important in that slot position because teams are going to try to hit you with a lot of quick stuff. And then when they press you vertical, he can use that strength to to like you said, beat guys up, throw them off the timing. As you if you can do that, if you can let a slot guy go free or come off clean they're, they're going to hurt you. You have to be able to, to be physical with them. And I think that's something that I could see Jaden battling to get on the field very early in that nickel role and then eventually growing and developing into more of a field corner that can play outside. But that's a role that I like for him. Let's talk about finishing this class off, John. Very good corner class, but there's one more piece that's needed in this class to really top it off and make this a class that you can say, hey, how does this stack up against the Ohio State's, the Clemson's, the Texas A&M's, the, which are what you and I would agree are the probably right now the best in no particular order. Ohio State be at the top of that list right now. But our, we would consider the best DB classes in the country right now. That is Xavier Nwankpa, the safety from Iowa. It's a Notre Dame-Ohio State battle. We won't get into the current recruitment. I've covered that a lot on the show. There's people that are going to ask about that in the chat, so I'll get into that later. I want to talk about what you see from Xavier because I – I don't think this is just a great – I think this is a – I don't think the safety class is as deep as the corner class. I, that's why I, I don't think it's a great safety class from a depth standpoint. But I think at the top, there's four or five really, really good safeties. Xavier is in the conversation to be one of, if not the best. What do you see from Xavier as a player, and what would he add to this Notre Dame secondary if they're able to eventually down the road add him to the class? I think Xavier would be your stability. Uh, we, we've talked about guys who can do multiple things. If you had to move Devin Moore back there, you probably could. I think you get an Xavier in this class, and Wakwa becomes that stability in in creating your you know your starting secondary. In theory, he's your 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 captain. He's your control guy. He's getting everybody lined up. And and man, when you turn on the tape, you talk about execution from a classic safety perspective. Big and physical, first or right off the bat. I mean, I, I saw this kid out in L.A. at the opening, and I'm like, who's this linebacker? I'm like, no, no, that was the walk by. I mean, just absolutely rocked up. Just kind of – you don't want to throw Kyle Hamilton out there from a physical perspective because that's that's special, that's rare. Uh, but from a, from a high school perspective going into his senior year, not a whole lot different than Kyle from a height, weight, 
and just uh, how he's built compact build perspective. Um, so you, you check that box on the hoof and you watch him play. And, and in two days where he doesn't know any of these other DBs and he's going against elite 11 quarterbacks, this kid was commanding the defense pre-snap, talking the most you-know-what during the play and afterwards, just really kind of getting everybody going. And, and that leadership and that adaptability, I thought, was a really nice compliment to what you see on tape as a sort of classic balanced safety. And that is not the case with those other top safeties. We haven't done our safety rankings yet, but I think you've got really two different camps of safety in that elite group you were talking about. You know, your your Zion Branches, um, your Kamari Wilsons, they, they almost fit in different boxes. You've got your physical bunch, uh, that's Keon Sab, that's Kamari Wilson. You've got your sort of free safety, classic rangy type. I think Branch is more in that direction, but Nwakpa's kind of in the middle. I think he offers you some range, and he absolutely offers you that downhill, play the alley, physicality that you want from a safety perspective. And then seeing that that leadership uh, bubble in and in a brief seven on seven samples kind of reinforces your thought of him from or at least my thought of him as that classic free safety type and a guy who's kind of been there, done that at that position, as opposed to taking a Devin Moore uh, or even a Bellamy and moving him to one of those positions. It's just easier when it's it's kind of already been seen. So I think he would absolutely be the cherry on top of, of this DB class for, for either school, honestly, right? For Ohio State or Notre Dame, uh, you know, he, he offers that stability and eventually, you know, feels like a captain of the defense kind of guy. So let me ask you this question, John. We have a phrase here at Irish Breakdown that you're quite familiar with. You've seen the shirt. You know what we're talking about. It's gap closers. Right. The the mantra being Notre Dame has a gap still remain that remains to be closed between Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. This they, let's just say we can predict the future and we look into our crystal ball and Xavier Nwakpa picks Notre Dame. How much does that group with Nwakpa, Devin Moore, Benjamin Morrison, Jaden Mickey, Jane Bellamy, how much does it, or even in your opinion, does it close the gap in regards to Notre Dame? Not just Look, Clark Lee did a great job coaching. They've had some individual stars, but top to bottom, just still not there yet, especially in the secondary. Does this class, I'll ask a less leading question, does this class in the secondary, if they get into Wonkpa, close the gap? Maybe not erase it, but does it close the gap? And in your opinion, if it does, how much? It absolutely does. Um, and there's a chance that it closes the gap without him, but you need that benefit of the doubt, creating a commitment. And I think it would be him from a national perspective beyond just me and you. I think from everybody's collective perspective, it would, it would jump up. Uh, and now all of a sudden you're like, yeah, this Notre Dame group can contend with Ohio State's Clemson's and A&M's and some of those other great groups. Uh, and I think that's where it starts, particularly for the Irish. You know, we, we've I've been coming on your show for a while now, and we always talk about two groups, the skill guys on offense and the DBs that need to just collectively step forward and make you kind of scared like you are when you're theoretically playing in Ohio State and Alabama Clemson because you know top to bottom those guys are going to challenge you on both sides of the football um so when you're talking about a collective group my goodness the length and the size of this Notre Dame group already is ultra impressive and the walkpaw would would put the icing on that cape a cake and it would really start to close that gap uh again are you ever are you ever there until you're there right technically no right um but 
perceptionally got to get that ring to do it right you got to get the breakthrough um and i think you know notre dame's already shown the ability to recruit nationally they always have even against that elite trio uh, and like you said bam ohio state clemson that's really the standard i think georgia notre dame Georgia, from a recruiting standpoint, is certainly there. Right. Whether or not they're there on the field is a little bit of a different conversation. Right. But, you know, that, those, are, yeah. those are the schools. But, but no those one would schools. debate that Georgia has the talent to beat those teams. We, we Our concert conversations would be about, okay, do they have the offensive system? Is Kirby a good game day coach? I mean, we'd have those conversations. It's never been about, gee, does Georgia have enough talent to go toe-to-toe athletically? That's never That hasn't been the question since Kirby arrived. Right. It's those other things. So I would put them in that category that you're referring to, John. Of the the from a ta- we're just talking recruiting talent that they are part of that group that Notre Dame yeah. still has to try to continue to close the gap on. Right. Well, don't ask Georgia fans about this class of 2022 because all the top Atlanta kids seem to be leaving, and guys that they bled for have started right. to commit to other programs. So it's it's been a rough rough summer. Maybe they uh, see what I see. Yeah, they're going to be talented, <laughs> getting coached up like you are in some other places. Oh, it's, sorry, it's, I'm sorry. That's yeah. That. Don't put you in that spot. In Athens. Look, they'll bounce back and it'll be yeah. a top 10 class and all that. They'll flip some guys. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, correct. No but yeah, certainly right now, uh, give me the Notre Dame class, you know, without even thinking uh, mm-hmm. over Georgia's, even with who Georgia might add to it at this point. Story for another day. But I do think that this starts to close the gap in that conversation because th- those are the two positions. We're mm-hmm. talking skill guys on offense with juice and great collections of defensive backs. I mean, Ohio State, Alabama, I mean, it's like every year there's a first-round mm-hmm. corner. Every other year there's a first-round safety. Their, their nickels are getting drafted. It's like how many teams can do that? And I think Notre Dame, is, as you mentioned, had the flash guy. You've had the the, the first-rounder, the second-rounder individually, mm-hmm. but you're not stacking them like right. like those other schools are. And I think this group can provide something that, that resembles that. I mean, WACPA is hard to imagine him not being – that all-conference type guy. And then when you talk about the length and the upside and ceiling of, of a Devin Moore um, and Bellamy in particular, I mean, you just you just see playmaking with those guys, guys who turn the football over, right? We haven't talked about that enough today. Those guys turn the football over, and that's really what it comes down to in an era where you're going to give up 300 yards passing, you're going to give up touchdowns and points, right? The, the whole Alabama LSU natty from whatever year, 2011, will never happen again. No. You're going to give up points, but if you can start getting your hands on the football, turning the football over, now you're making a big difference. Um, and those guys are big DBs on top of it. So it's exactly what you want. The talent is there. Uh, and I think collectively you add an walk power or even someone similar to cap it off. And then I think you really move forward in that conversation, which is really important. I think we've talked a lot about length and ball skills. I think that's what I like about this two-man, this two-year class. I always think the best way to evaluate your success is not just one class. You have to stack them up next to each other, like you mentioned. And you look at last year with Kerry G at safety, with Ryan Barnes at corner, with Philip Riley. They're starting to have some consistency since Mike Mickens has arrived at corner. Now they need to finish it off at safety in order to get to that point. So, uh, John, before you go, can I ask you one more defensive question? I know you I know you got a, a tight schedule today, but I did want to ask you about a couple linebackers that Notre Dame has, has landed. And I want to get your thoughts on them because we're talking a lot of, at secondary about being able to run and cover a lot of ground. There's two guys in particular that I want to talk about, and we'll talk about another one later down the road. But the two guys I wanted to get your opinion on because we've chatted a little bit about them off the air is – Josh Burnham and Jalen Sneed, 
because if you can run on one level, but you can't run on the other two, there's going to be some areas where they can expose you. I think that is a part of this that needs to be discussed too, is it's not just the secondary, but those two kids especially, and we'll talk about Nolan Ziegler down the road, but Josh Burnham and Jalen Sneed from a from an athletic, athleticism standpoint are very unique players. I, I We were talking recently about, about Josh Burnham, and, and I kind of – would like for you to share your response to him because I, I think your response was a little bit like, okay, I wasn't expecting that when I popped in the film. So talk a little bit about Josh Burnham, if you can, John, and then, you know, cap it off with just your thoughts on Jalen Sneed and what he brings to the table. Well, I think with, with Burnham, you, you get such explosiveness and straight line speed uh, that it makes you feel confident about wherever he's going to line up or assimilate towards as to where Sneed is more, we, we see a lot of hand in the dirt, we see some edge principles, but then when you see him in person, like I have, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is a chiseled, sculpted sort of linebacker who's very comfortable in space. For him, it's purely going to be about reps and just getting to, to the second level, you know, for lack of, of a better phrase. <laughs> Burnham, just, just that explosiveness and straight line ability just starts to make your brain, your, your, your wheels turn in your brain. And you're like, okay, I can see him as a pass rusher, as an additional blitzer, covering that running back, leaking out of the backfield, or, or maybe even running with some slot receivers in, in some kind of zone coverage. You know, if you're playing something where we're, you know, old school Tampa two, and you need a, that will linebacker to drop and just turn and run, now you can can do some of those kind of things uh, with Burnham. Uh, and this linebacker group, you want the compliments, just like we talked about in the secondary. I look, you look at the other backers they have on board, bigger, more physical downhill, and then these two, a little bit more space-friendly, um, but from a perspective where they can still get a lot better because, you know, in high school, you're just like, see ball, get ball, this is my best player, go do it. But in the offseason with camps, now we can see a little bit more uh, how well-rounded some of these prospects are and honestly, how athletic they are. You know, I don't know how many times Snead has covered a running back out of the backfield on a Friday night, probably never, or maybe once or twice. Rarely. So there was some of that his sophomore year, but not a ton But I mean, when he played linebacker, not a ton. You watch him do it, you know, in, in, in an Under Armour camp, and all of a sudden he's just running hip to hip with a kid. So you, you see the, the potential there. Um, and I think I, that's where I do think there's some um, some good evaluation pulls to take away from from some of these offseason events because we get we get a look that we don't get on, on Friday nights with some of these guys, particularly the versatile front seven ones who are just so darn good at rushing the passer that the high school coaches aren't going to pull you off that very often. So I, I like I like the pure torque and athleticism that these backers bring combined with the big physical classic backers that they had on board maybe earlier in the cycle. And you also talk about – you talk about athleticism. You add that again, back-to-back -back years, right? Who'd they add last year? Guy, you're very high on Prince Collie. You had Prince Collie, Josh Burnham, Nolan Ziegler, and Jalen Sneed in a two-year span. I mean, that's a group of linebackers that can run with just about anybody, in my opinion. And I know you we had you had what, what, what could you want? In Prince, what, 50th last year, 49th or 50th? I forget one of those two spots. Him mm -hmm. and Gabriel Rubio were, were real close in their ranking. But I mean, that's a yeah. lot of athleticism on that second level. And again, now you add that to what you're doing the third level. That's how you close the gap. I mean, that's how you get there. It's it's that. It's not one class. It's got to be that consistency. So, uh, very excited about it. But we'll always we'll get you back and we'll talk about that again here as we as we get on through it, John. But hey, thank you so much, John, for joining us today. Really appreciate you taking some time out. If you don't know, 
uh, SI All-American. If you obviously go to the SI page, go to the college football page, and you can go to uh, click on SI All-American. You can also follow John on Twitter. You can also follow the SI All-American page on Twitter. And, of course, we're just launching. I said we've done quarterback, cornerback, receiver, uh, slot, nickel corner, slot receiver so far, right, John? And then we, we're going to have defensive lines going to come out. We'll have linebackers at some point. We'll have tight ends. We'll have offensive line, interior and tackles. So we'll have two different offensive line groups. And uh, running backs, correct, is what we got in safety. So there's still a lot to come out. So make sure you're locked into uh, to John. But John, tell people where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. John Garcia underscore JR on, on all social media. And as Brian said, at SI All American throughout all social media. We even got a TikTok. Uh, don't ask me if I run it, but we have <laughs> a, a TikTok. So feeling quite old, just saying that out loud, but we got one. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna be on TikTok anytime <laughs> soon. As a, I have a feeling you're, not, I'm gonna go and guess that you're not the one putting out the daily TikTok. So, well, John, thanks so much for joining us. We'll uh, we'll get you back on here again very very soon. Sounds good, my guy. I appreciate it.